0: Welcome, you are listening to the Watchman Alert Radio Network, broadcasting as a voice in the wilderness. This is WARN Radio and I'm the Watchman, Dana Smith. Welcome to today's show, and we are living by faith in the whirlwind of the last days. Now stay tuned for a great show and line up today from WARN Radio. Greetings.
1: Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Advocacy and Gospel News with the Watchman Dana Smith and me. I'm Tower and we're glad you joined us because we have a great lineup for you tonight. Today, Tonight is February 13, 2018. 19. It's 2019. And by um, the readings in the Word this week are found in Exodus chapter 27, starting at verse 20 through chapter 30, verse 10. Ezekiel chapter 41, no, uh, 43, verses 10 through 27. And the New Testament reading is Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 1 through chapter 6, verse 56. Also Hebrews chapter 13. 10 through 17 By going to warn-usa.com and dana dot smithcom you can read the latest articles and posts by the Watchman. We have Mother of Harlots and the Beast. The Mother of Harlots who is seen riding the Beast is not alone. There are many others who have enjoyed this ride as they have drunk from the cup which the harlot carried and poured out. But in the midst of this is rising, the truth which sets the human condition free from sin and unites it with the true and living God through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Also, the testimony and faith of Jesus Christ. The faith and testimony of Jesus Christ at the time of the end. Many will not come to Christ to find life eternal. However, he that hears this word and believes passes from death to life. Don't wait to make your decision until the resurrection of life or the resurrection of damnation. This will occur, so don't wait too long procrastinating. You can listen to Warren Radio Worldwide from your PC, Android, Apple device, and many other avenues. Check out the front page of Warren-USA.com for our speaker embed and links to other places and places to listen from, like iHeart Radio, iHeartRadio TuneIn, Blueberry, and many others. And you can listen to the front the shows from the front pages of Warren-USA.com or DanaGlynnSmith.com. And you can listen or watch all the shows from warn-usa.com blog, and also from Spreaker or the Spreaker app. And you can follow WARN Radio on Instagram, Facebook, also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Tumblr, and others. And tonight on our show we feature our advocacy, faith, and the gospel news. Tonight, Nigeria's genocide and elections. North Korea, Christian's nightmare. China, when one is arrested, another will pick up the work. Somalia, Christian mother beaten and raped in Kenya. And India, Christian doctor's legal struggle. So stay tuned for more of those. And now I welcome in the Watchman. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight?
0: Well, we're doing all right. How are you doing?
1: Good. Finally got on this show. Welcome from wonderful, windy Wyoming.
0: Well, we're going to get right into it. Uh, you know, a big surprise to many of us. Uh, there was still uh, various uh, news organizations. This is Christian News were carrying that Asiya Bibi uh, had left Pakistan and she was on her way to Canada to get with her daughters. Now that was the general line that everybody believed. That's what they were told. But, uh, you know, she was acquitted of blasphemy and... Uh, Matter of fact, you know, this was actually the second time because uh, the first time there was big riots. So the government decided that they would have another uh, look at it and the other look said, yes, she's free, she can go. Well, she's not free. And uh, now, Asia Bibi is 54 and she's with her husband, but... Uh, A friend of hers, uh, and uh, I'm not going to be at liberty to tell you, but uh, she talked with Bibi and uh, nobody knows, including Bibi, when she'll be allowed to leave Pakistan. And uh, they're no longer in the capital of Islamabad, but they're in Karachi now. And uh, the diplomats who were trying to get Bibi and her husband out of there were told by officials in Pakistan that her departure would come in the median term, whatever that is. Yeah,
1: I wonder what that means.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, according to the information that uh, is available, Bibi is locked in a single room of a house where the door is opened only at mealtimes, but she is allowed to make phone calls in the mornings and at night.
1: Well, how does that work with her husband being there?
0: Don't ask me. I haven't the foggiest idea. But, you know, this is a bunch of, this is a load of bull. But at least she's still alive. Thank God. You know, hopefully she can get out of there. I had thought she was out of there, you know, for a long time. I Uh, did too. A good week, week and a half. That's how long it's been. Because uh, they had finally ruled the second time that she'd be allowed to leave And the word was she was going to be leaving immediately to go join her daughters And guess what? We were all surprised to find out that the government changed its mind And they wouldn't allow her to leave More than likely, the radicals called up and said We're going to burn Pakistan down if you allow that woman to leave You you know it, it has something to do with this
1: Oh, you bet
0: you know, and so this is this is the way it is. I mean, it's a pain. And everywhere we look, when we're looking at uh, Christians uh, around the world and the persecution, you know, uh, we find a lot of injustice. And that's just the way it is right now. Now, we see some miracles, and we do see uh, a move of God. But uh, just like China, that's another one. These are news briefs that I'm giving you. Uh, of course, uh, China's crackdown on Christianity, they're also cracking down, we mentioned this before, on other faiths as well. And uh, and uh, when it comes to, um, you know, this whole thing, when you have uh, North Korea defectors, more than likely, and we've heard, we've uh, reported this more than once, because, and, and some of them have gotten able to get to the West and written books about this, how they got out of North Korea. And uh, they have to cross China. It's very dangerous. And uh, they have churches in China that were taken care of them. And missionaries, uh, you know, it was up in northeast uh You know, North Korean defectors, they live in the northeast of China, right on the border there. And, of course, others come across. But um, a lot of churches in China now have been closed down by the government following restrictions that uh, were enacted, you know, a while ago. And uh, they've been coming after both authorized and unauthorized churches. And what that has done is, if you are a defector and you're trying to come across the border from North Korea, there's nobody to help you. That's what that means, because the yeah. churches in China have been shut down, a lot of them. And so, you know, this is this is really the the crock of the whole thing, because we in the West are trying to find out a way to still deal. Uh, economically with China, while China does this to our brothers and sisters in Christ, and of course, I I don't if I can help it. I don't buy Chinese goods at all.
1: Yeah, me <coughs> neither.
0: And uh, I China is a bad word right now, as far as I'm concerned. But it, it's always been a bad word. You know, as my dad used saying, I've said that before. He said China is still red China. They're communists, and they're not friends. And this was before he died. When I was raised, you know, they they told me uh, as a young child, I was told that uh, you're to watch out for the sign of the beast and the rule of the yellow people, which is China. And that's what that means. Those were words, uh, you know, back in the 50s and 60s. So, uh, you know, that's pretty much right now from the year 2000, that's been going on. And there was a short while... Uh, Of course a long while that China was closed down totally we didn't know if there's any churches at all and then of course uh, There was a little let up and churches started growing and Christianity started growing and then of course Communists uh, started getting excited because there was more Christians than communists so they cracked down so China is in a mess and and the communists who are in uh, the minority are controlling the country Uh, because there are more Christians than uh, otherwise, but they do employ a whole lot of Chinese in their military, and most of those Chinese are not Christian. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Christians, but uh, there's not more Christians than there are Chinese. There's more Christians than there were, you know, registered uh, communists. So, I mean, the the whole thing, uh, when you look at both of these, are are just really uh, a pain. When, When we report this... And, you know, Tower, it gets back to the same thing we were talking earlier. You know, you just, you can report it, you can pray for them, but there are principalities and powers here that uh, you can't really change right now.
1: Nope.
0: And so, uh, you know, I mean, that that's, that's the way it is. And so uh, for those in the West, you know, you think you're going to be living, uh, you know, Without any problems, you just better pay attention because uh, the whole world is on fire right now in a lot of places and there's no safe place. And uh, you can look at the Christians that uh, are in Turkey that went up there to get away from ISIS. And then there's uh, Christians that were down in uh, Iraq and Syria. Uh, close to where the Sunni Triangle is, and ISIS is still running around down there, chasing Christians around. Uh, and uh, so the Christians, uh, most of them, are running and fleeing uh, in in various areas for, because they're being persecuted. Uh, there's no food. Uh, there, there's. Uh, they need shelter. They need blankets. They need warmth because it's winter. Uh, it, it's a mess. Oh, it's tragic. And then, of course, there's no way that uh, all your uh, organizations that help these people can get in there because it's so dangerous. And it's just a mess. And, you know, uh, when the Lord comes back, it says of him that he says that he'll destroy those who have destroyed the earth. And unbelievable as it seems, there's people today that will destroy not the earth, but every last uh, living person on this planet if they have to in order to get the way they want it
1: yeah that's so horrible it and is selfish and self i mean the destruction that they want to do is just demonic
0: well and then of course in nigeria another hot spot you know now i started reporting on nigeria back when Jonathan Goodluck Johnson was the one in charge the president and then he lost to uh, Buhari Buhari's been there since and now the election is coming up again and another guy that's coming against him is actually a Fulani Muslim and the Fulani Muslims are the herders and they are the ones that are making war against the Christians who are farmers and right now there has been hundreds and hundreds of Christian farmers uh killed and murdered families run off and uh, their land taken their crops taken and everything else it's a it's a mess and Buhari has done nothing to stop it and uh, there's been reports coming out that uh, the Nigerian army has even helped him uh, destroy the Christians over there and uh, it's, uh, you know, one time Nigeria was, was uh, a pretty good place. I mean, they had a lot of people that worked hand-in-hand hand together, Christians and Muslims. But now it's all out. It is a mess over there. And, of course, Buhari, I don't see him doing much to change anything. But if Buhari don't win, many people think that he'll fudge the election in order to get the winning. But his uh, his challenger, who's a Fulani Muslim um i don't know if he's going to be motiv- motivated at all to change the situation because he is a fulani the fulani would know who he is they could target him and uh you know but the bottom line of it is it's going to go from one muslim leader to another
1: the wor i think it if that other guy gets in that uh abu bakar yeah it'll be worse for the Christians. It's a no win, no win situation for them.
0: Well, the way you look at it. Yeah, well, I would think so because he is a Fulani. And of course, what is he going to do? Well, he's going to be afraid to uh, cooperate with uh, the Christians exactly. and save him because they're going to look him up and kill him too.
1: That's right.
0: And so. You know that's uh, you know, and of course, when you talk about Nigeria, we've been reporting on Boko Haram as well. And Boko Haram was in the news for a lot of years, but really, what's been in the news has been the Fulani. Uh, but the thing of it is, Boko Haram are the ones that took captive uh, uh, the the girls, what was, we call them, the Chibok girls, and they did two different groups of them that they took, and of course. Uh, now the christian families that are actually suffering are called the yukabus and uh, of course you know you, you get into this and uh, you know you run into the tribal warfare in africa africa is full of tribes and they their history is tribal warfare one tribe against another and so in the modern age, not much has changed, and they're still doing it, but only now they're motivated by religion. Uh, the Islamic uh, radicals are against the Christians, and they're willing to kill them no matter what. And, uh, and the, the herdsmen, of course, they take the land by force, and uh, the Christians uh, fell prey and, you know, The death counts, you know, as we've seen, are very, very high. Some people call them genocide levels. And, uh, you know, in all of this, you know, Jonathan Goodluck Johnson couldn't take care of it, but he was mainly fighting uh, Boko Haram. It wasn't until actually Buhari was in for a while that the Fulani started acting up, and now you got Fulani, and then you have Boko Haram once in a while. But uh, Boko Haram uh, uh, affiliated themselves with ISIS when ISIS in 2014-2015 was making a name for itself. So Boko Haram decided that they wanted to caliphate like they did, and so that's what Boko Haram, although they've changed some leadership, has decided that they wanted to do, and they continue to fight that way. But you get in these tribes over there and they will fight and and then they'll go get more little uh, young boys and and even girls if they have to. And uh, they will use them in warfare. I mean, this is what these Muslims do. They've been doing it in Africa for for a long time. Not just recently. So, uh, I mean, we have China, you know, and we have Nigeria. Nigeria. We have North Korea, of course, also in the in the mix. That uh, w- with all the problems, and so uh, uh, then you have Pakistan. And these these are Pakistan, China, Nigeria, and North Korea. North Korea, of course, came up when we we're talking about China and the losing of the churches. I mean, this this is this is a lot of people between those four countries. Oh, and, it
1: sure is. It's horrible.
0: And of course, you have. Uh, You have Pakistan, and you have Nigeria. The problem with the Christians there is the Islamic governments and the radical Islam. And in China and North Korea, the problem for the Christians are actually the government. They are both. Both of those governments are anti-God. They don't believe in God. Uh, North Korea is, is emperor worship, and uh, China is communist. No, doesn't believe in any God. They're more humanistic than they are anything else, and the human's ability. So, um, you know, in our world today, the enemy of the cross is not just Islam. It's a lot of things, uh, and we see this from North Korea and, and China, and uh, y- you look around and you just, you know, it's hard to believe it's like that, but that's oh, the way it is.
1: It, You can't even relate to it.
0: And we are going to do a special report. Terror's, uh, Tower's going to do this next. It's on North Korea, and so are you ready with that one? Yes, yeah,
1: so this comes to us from Open Doors. And of course, North Korea has been on the world watch list for the 18th consecutive year as number one, the most brutal country towards its people and especially towards the Christians. And they use their um, brutal penal system as a fear tactic. And anyone who is discovered to be a Christian or perceived as a threat to the Kim. Family's ideology is quickly eradicated from side, from society. <clears throat> They're put into detention centers, reeducation camps, and maximum maximum security hard labor prison camps known as the Kwanli So. And um, Open Doors estimates there are 2, 250,000 imprisoned North Koreans. 50,000 of which are political prisoners jailed for their Christian faith. And um, this story is about a woman that walks through her difficult journey in a North Korean prison and shares how God stayed with her throughout so much brutality. And it's a hard, difficult story to read. And I don't know how this story was able to get out unless she was eventually released it doesn't say but she starts out my name is prisoner 44 the name i was born with in north korea was the first thing they took away from me when i arrived in the when she arrived at the north korean prison and every morning at 8 a.m they called for 42 to get to them i have to crawl on my elbows through the cat flap when i stand up I must keep my head down. I am not allowed to look at the guards. Every day begins the same. I put my hands behind my back and follow the guards to the interrogation room. Each day for an hour, they ask me the same questions. Why were you in China? Why did you meet? Who did you meet? Did you go to church? Do you ha- did you have a Bible? Did you meet any South Koreans? Are you a Christian? Am I a Christian? Yes, I love Jesus, but I deny it. If I admit that I was helped by Chinese Christians, I will be killed, either quickly or slowly. They will murder me in this North Korean prison. Every day, I'm beaten and kicked. It hurts the most when they hit my ears. My ears ring for hours, sometimes days. At the end of the day, they bring me back to my cell. It's warm during the day, cold at night. The space is so small I can barely lie down. It is often that I get it isn't often that I get to lay down. They force me to sit on my knees with closed fists and never allow me to open them. I'm in solitary confinement here in this North Korean p- prison camp because they believe that I believe in God. My grandfather, he's the one who really believed in God. On Sundays, he often told me to leave the house and play outside. I didn't understand why and didn't want to, but he forced me. I'm here because I I needed to feed myself and my family. During the famine, I crossed the border and fled to China to look for food. It was there that I met other Christians like my grandfather. I was touched by them. They reminded me of him. They never really spoke about the gospel, but I participated in their worship services. Then one night, I had a dream and saw my grandfather sitting in a circle with other men. There was a Bible in the middle, and all of them were praying. In my dream, I shouted to him, I am a believer too! I always thought I was the first in my family to really follow God, but now I realize I came from a Christian family. One day, while I was living in China, a black car pulled up next to me. I thought the man wanted to ask for directions, but the driver and other men stepped out of the car and grabbed me. I tried to get away, but they pushed me into the car. When the door closed, I realized my life was over. After a few weeks in a Chinese prison cell, I was brought to this North Korean prison. The first day, I had to strip off all my clothes, and they searched every part of my body to see if I had hidden anything, especially money. I had to squat dozens of times. Then I was ordered to put on on different clothes that didn't fit and didn't match, probably from a previous prisoner. They shaved off all my hair and brought me to this prison cell. I'm so alone here. I know there are other prisoners. I can hear their voices, but I never see them. All I can do is pray and sing in my heart, never out loud. In my head, I sing a song I wrote. My heart longs for my father in this prison. Although the road to truth is steep and narrow, a bright future will be revealed when I continue. Without faith, calamity will strike in this road. Allow me to go forth towards the fortress. Although there may be much grief and complications, how could I follow in the footsteps of my God? With tears, my heart longs for my father in this prison. Father, please accept this sinful daughter. Please protect me in your mountain fortress and under your shield. Take me under your wings of peace. Father's voice that comes from the sky, guide me to your blessings daily. It has been a year now. I don't know how long I will survive in this place. One day they will call me and I won't move. I will have died here in this North Korean prison. They will dispose of my body and the first new prisoner that comes in will be prisoner 42. They will wear my clothes. Two years ago they called me out of my prison cell and brought me to court. This was a victory. People who are sent to the Kwon Li So, a political prisoner camp, are never sentenced by a judge. They just disappear. No one survives to Kwon Li So. Many Christians go to the maximum security North Korean prison camps. My persistence has paid off. They have not found me guilty of being a Christian. No lawyer represented, represented me. I just stood in front of the judge with guards behind me. My husband was there, too. He looked at me with the saddest eyes, and I could see he had been crying. I wanted to say so much to him, and I knew he wanted to talk to me, too. But we couldn't say a single word. The judge asked my husband if he wanted to divorce me. Yes, he said, his voice broken. He had to do it for his sake and for the sake of our children. If he didn't divorce me, they would all be punished. Still, his words broke my heart. Then I was sentenced to four years in re-education camp. If you think a North Korean re-education camp is the worst that can happen, you have never been to a North Korean prison. I spent one year in prison, and for one year my skin didn't touch a single ray of sunlight. Just to be transported from the prison to be outside and to feel the wind was amazing. But any sense of happiness and relief quickly disappeared when I arrived at the camp. I remember seeing moving, shapeless forms. It took me a moment to realize they were people. Some were bent over, others were missing an arm or a leg. I looked down at my own arms and legs, thin like matches. I didn't look much better than the other inmates. In the camp I worked 12 hours a day, sometimes more. Every day is just one long living nightmare, but at least I am not alone in my cell anymore. "'The other day I was sick and was allowed to stay in my barracks. "'I thought I was all by myself when I noticed a blanket in the corner. "'It was moving. "'I studied it and realized that underneath it was a person. "'I tiptoed toward the blanket and listened intently. "'The sounds were hardly audible, yet they sounded familiar. "'Suddenly I realized what was happening. "'There was a woman, and she was praying, praying in tongues.' I went back to my mattress and watched her for days. One day we were working outside. Nobody was near, and I walked up to her and said, Hello, greetings in Jesus' name. She was quickly shocked. Fortunately, I could calm her down quickly before her gasp alerted the guards. Inside this North Korean prison, we wound up forming a secret church. When we met and felt safe enough, we prayed the Lord's Prayer and the Apostles' Creed. She was actually much braver than I was. She spoke to others about Christ as well. That's why one day a car came to pick her up. When I saw her leave, I knew they were taking her to a maximum security, Quan so. I knew I would never see her again. I'm here in my barracks, but not for long anymore. God has been with me every day, every hour, every minute, and every second. Yesterday I learned I would be released. I have only served two years here. And the first thing I'll do when I get out is find my husband and children. They are much bigger now. We haven't seen each other in years. But God has watched over me here in this North Korean prison and I pray and believe that he also watches over my family every second of every minute of every hour of every day. I need to tell them about the loving God. So apparently she got out and that's why we have this letter and this description of how horrible the situation is over in North Korea
0: you know and we've had uh, information leak out from there before yeah, just but, horrible situation but you know nothing nothing prepares you for as uh, startling stunning amazing unbelievable situation oh that That's North true. Korea is putting their people through, especially Christians. But, you know, people may say, and and, and uh, I've heard other Christians say very bad things about people who, and also President Trump, for going and talking with Kim Jong-un. There is no way you're going to change that nation unless someone takes the time to talk to him.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: You know, there's got to be a dialogue somewhere. And then over that dialogue, eventually begin to see, you know, if he won't change things.
1: Oh, I hope he does. That would be amazing.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely gut-wrenching, this particular story, and the biggest thing that, that I've thought for years and years in covering stories like this is it is absolutely amazing how people can stay alive when they're skin and bone, and there's nothing there, and they stay living
1: and they don't yeah and they they barely get any food not enough of course and so. then
0: they get out and begin to do a little better i mean truly you know you cannot say enough when you think that she had to do what she had to do in order to make it through alive and because when she got out she was going to tell people about the loving god and she may wind up back in there but you know i mean to me some of these stories echo the true cost of discipleship
1: that's right
0: now you've heard us talk about china But, and this again, this comes from uh, Open Doors. And that's Brother Andrew's group. And he's not alive anymore. But they specialize in having people that work under the radar in foreign countries. Brother Andrew used to sneak in Bibles when, you know, nobody wanted Bibles to come in. And of course... A sister from central China was talking about uh, to them about how they had shut down all the house churches and uh, area pastors were placed on probation and were told to come to the police station every time they received a police call telling them to report on their movements and activities. Police uh, call frequently at random times day or night and uh, uh, this this sister said that uh, they're constantly on edge, but our faith has grown and we are more determined than ever to see Christians in the area stand strong and not compromise their faith in Jesus. We have started many smaller meetings now and more and more brothers and sisters are putting their hands up to act as many house church leaders. Now that is exactly how China made it through the dark times of Mao. And from the beginning of China, when they started to crack down and the foreign missionaries had to leave, any churches that were there that that was uh, put together with these foreign missionaries were destroyed. When the communists came to power, all of that was removed. Anybody that wouldn't listen would be killed instantly. And we didn't know, you know, when you know when we started really dealing with missions and and what was going on you know there was a time in there um, long before Nixon that nobody knew and even after Nixon went over there for the first time to China to open it up nobody knew if there was any churches over there but you know these people is really one of those things you know that this 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 Um, persecution Um, now there's a guy by the name of Titus that said I have embraced this as a new season which God will bring to us those who are truly hungry for him and willing to follow Jesus at any cost many young people are too scared to attend our meetings so we are trying new and creative ways to fellowship together We play sports and practice musical instruments together, eat together, and study in groups. We take every opportunity to pray for one another and share scriptures that make us strong. The sense of loving and solidarity is amazing. You know, when you are, you know, really, really, in a communist country or North Korea, they can... You know, Tower, they can control your every move.
1: Oh, I know.
0: That's the absolute authority. Because the absolute authority says, well, we'll give you so much money. You know, your health care is free. And uh, you can't have any guns. And so it goes like that. And we see that around the world where governments disarm their people. And then the people cannot fight back and do something to put in a good government. Now, see, our... Constitution and our early forefathers put provisions in our Constitution that allow us to be armed that when this when any government begins to fear their citizens as being armed then that government cannot be trusted
1: exactly
0: we have seen that in actual working around the world now according to them you know the situation is tense but they know god is on the move now we see this with many others including former muslims who become christians we we see this attitude around the world that it is a dangerous tense situation in many nations but they know god is moving and uh And in the regional leaders meeting, they agreed that when one of them were arrested, another will pick up the work. And they decided to respond to the police respectfully and in love, even if they yell at us or use physical force in attempts to make us surrender the names of other believers. So remember to pray for the ministries in China because these ministries and these Christians aren't going to stop they will be there and they will figure out a way to help North Koreans that are coming over and trying to get away from that brutal regime.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah. God will make a way. Yeah. yeah. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh, You know, you see these stories and you see the commitment. (coughs) You know very well that commitment like that you know there is something in a person to get him to commit like that there's something deep inside that pushes them to that kind of a commitment you just you know
1: i it's only the power of god that can sustain him through yeah. that brutal torture and horrible conditions
0: well, we're done with China and that story, and now we're going over uh, to another place in Kenya and an example of how, you know, Christians are facing uh, radical Islam over there.
1: Well, this story comes to us from Morning Star News out of Nairobi, Kenya. It's about a Somali woman. She's 41 years old, and she was uh, living in Somalia with her husband, when he sent her and their four children to Kenya's IFO refugee, refugee camp in um, Dabadab. I'm not sure how to say that. It, which is near the Somali border. And that was in February of 2016. And she put her faith in Christ a year later. And it remained a secret among the Somali Muslims. Uh, or until the Somali Muslims saw her coming from church worship. And she started getting threatening messages for more than a year. And last, uh, last month she was raped and beaten and threatened. And they, they said they did this because they knew she was a Christian and saw her attending church services, and they they said they would come for her head soon. So she did stop attending the church and and relocated to a different area. But she said it looked like she they'd already been marked, and uh, her four children converted to Christ, and she cut off all the links with her husband in Somalia. And when she stopped attending the church, the pastor visited the family and began praying with them in their house. And uh, she told him that, I think the enemies of Christ have been monitoring our movements. And so on January 2nd, four Muslims from Somalia forced their way into her home. She was beaten and raped by the four men and threatened and um, they told her not to say anything to anyone or tell them who they were and as she they left the house at 1 a.m. and said we could have killed you for being a disgrace to Islam and joining Christianity which is against our religion but since you are a single mother we have decided to spare your life with the condition that you should not mention our names ever and so this woman is in dire need of trauma counseling And they need support and prayers for those persecuted believers in Christ. And Somalia's constitution establishes Islam as the state religion and prohibits the propagation of any other religion. According to our U.S. State Department, it also requires that laws comply with Sharia Islamic law principles. With no exceptions in applications for non-Muslims. And they are ranked number third on the Christian watch list. Of Open Doors Watch List. So please pray for them.
0: And uh, Somalia. And of course you get in Sudan and Yemen as well. Those are three really tough areas when you talk about it. And of course Somalia... is is one of those things, when you get in these Muslim countries, um, it's it's not any stretch here that uh, they have so much trouble when you're an underground church. And they call it an underground church, but, you know, it's still a church. People got to go. And uh, the Muslims, you know, they're not dumb. They know you're going to church. And a lot of Muslims you know there are there are muslims in certain nations that aren't radicalized like that but you know you get in areas you get in the sudan you get in yemen you get in somalia and among others and the sharia law and uh, of course if you were doing true sharia law you can pay a jizya tax and Become protected under Sharia law. And, uh, you know, there's still a lot of restrictions within that. The whole thing is just, you know, I mean, here's a single mother. What is she going to do against four men? And what is she going to do? Where is she going to go hide?
1: And there's nobody there to protect
0: her. Nobody. Nobody cares. And, you know, this is just tragic. You know, we read these stories today, and they're tragic. Oh, they are. If that would happen in America, you know, I mean, we are so far removed in the West from these kind of things. But, folks, it's increasing in a lot of these areas. And uh, you must, you know, take up the mantle, folks, to pray for these people to give your finances uh to people ministries that are trying to make a difference and and ministries that are on the ground there wherever they're at now see in order to deal in these areas you can't just come out and come in as a truck and have uh you know a big ministry uh banner you have to come in here totally uh, quiet yeah in yeah. incognito you you know, and Open Doors does this and a lot of others. Now, the only one that doesn't, and that's, of course, Franklin Graham, they find a way into a lot of these areas. But, uh, you know, there's areas that they can't go. And so it is it is a dire situation, and it's not going to go away anytime soon. There are people hurting around the world. You don't have to feel guilty, all you have to do is seek the Lord, pray for these people, and find a way to give some funds to ministries that have boots on the ground or have connection to boots on the ground, ministries that work with them, uh, that that advocate, that, that help. You know, we got to get the help to them. we got to get the word out. And part of our job here is as an advocacy program, to advocate and discuss and get the word out and inform Christians. And so, that's the word today. And of course, another place that we have just totally um, talked about time and time again is India. And especially now that, um, of course, there was the, uh, the government, the Islamic, uh, the Hindu government... Uh, and uh, it took over, Uh, and ever since then, well, when, uh, you know, that Hindu party won, um, there was Christian leaders there that were warning about the fact that there would be persecution. And, of course, in this case, it's a emergency doctor by the name of Christo Thomas Philip and he was returning to his native India from a medical conference in Greece and when he got there the Indian officials took him off to the side and uh, told him that he couldn't come in uh, wife and children are allowed entry back but he said uh, Uh, As soon as his passport was scanned He was surrounded by the Indian immigration Taken into custody And he had one hour to leave the country Now see this same thing happened uh, Over in Turkey with a Christian evangelist And he was uh, sent out of there And he had to leave his wife and child uh, His family behind in Turkey And so uh, Now Philip had at age 10, migrated uh, to the United States with his family, and that's where he was educated. And uh, he had a lifetime visa to India, and he was an overseas citizen of India. He had a card for that. And so this time they confiscated that card, which would allow him lifetime visa. He could come into India, and the fact that he was an overseas Indian citizen, but they, they destroyed all that. And, and of course, you know, what he ends up doing is actually taking the case to court. And, uh, it was a long, long struggle for him. And, and the thing that, that I find, um, is that it took three years and, uh, for this to happen. And, uh the judge uh, justice uh, bakru i find this amazing just like i found amazing the fact that the high justice uh, court in pakistan released to sea bibi that that was that was unbelievable but this guy says this high court this justice in india he says if the petitioner's faith motivates the petitioner to voluntary, uh, volunteer for, uh, for medical services at a hospital, there is no law, certainly not of this land, that prescribes him from doing it. There is no material whatsoever that could even remotely suggest the cancellation of the petitioner's OCI card is in the interest of the general public. And it also said the cancellation of Philip's OCI card, that's the Overseas uh, Citizenship of India card, would deprive impoverished patients much needed medical assistance and therefore would be contrary to public interest rather than in favor of public interest. And he ruled that Philip's right to practice his faith and his rendering medical service, even if it is for the furtherance of his religion, cannot be denied. That's
1: pretty amazing, huh? It
0: is. It took him three years, but the guy won, you know. And, you know, it's amazing to me that we see these little victories in here. And we do see little victories. They're minute, but but there are victories. And you see a crack in some of this armor that these people have put up, because India does guarantee the rights of citizens to practice their practice their faith it's in their constitution so the fact that the that he was you know picked is hard to believe yeah you know so we rejoice with this guy that he is able now to go back in there because you know he is not you know he's from India he knows the languages and and he has something that see he believes that being a doctor is his way To minister for the Lord. So
1: that's that's what he
0: does. And he really believes that. So you know. We are so thankful for the Lord. That this guy got through there. And uh, of course. We're coming down to the. uh, The end but. uh, You know I don't know if you people. Have heard this or not. But the Southern Baptist leaders. They had hundreds implicated. In a sexual abuse scandal. You know, and, and Tower, when I see things like this, this is almost unconscionable and it hard is. to believe.
1: It is. But And th- why it's allowed to go on, just like the Catholic Church. They kept silent.
0: Yeah, and well, they did bust them wide, uh, wide open here because of a, a paper. Um, it was an investigation by the Houston Chronicle and the San Antonio Express News. And they released it Sunday. And they included devastating accounts from the victims. Oh. And, of course, uh, th- and it, it happened for, well, this is like 21 years, 1998. 300, roughly, Southern Baptist church leaders and volunteers face these allegations.
1: Good grief.
0: And, uh, you know, only in America... Can you justify doing things like this and turn around and say, well, I'm a Christian or act the part? You know, I mean, this is so incredibly unbelievable. It's hard to believe, even though it's written. And there was two newspapers that uh, actually helped get uh, these people kicked out. Yeah,
1: well, thank God it finally came to light.
0: Now, according to the report, they said that these guys left, uh, these people, left more than 700 victims.
1: That's just...
0: They were shunned by their churches, left uh, left to themselves to rebuild their lives. Some were urged to forgive their abusers or to get abortions.
1: Now, that is wrong.
0: I mean, well, you know, it's like patting him on the head and saying, well, it's okay. You know, all you have to do is forgive me and go get an abortion.
1: Yeah, that I mean, is that wicked. is,
0: talk about Satan in the sanctuary.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I've been warning for years about justice and about, uh, you know.
1: That should have angered the people. And yeah. they should have stood up and done something about it. Yeah. And protected those people that had been abused and helped them instead of. Yeah. Making them think that they were in the wrong. Yep. And protecting the perpetrators.
0: Well, you know, the thing of it is, is that it's been open now, but there is a fire coming. And that fire is going to move through the church. And it's and it's going to catch uh, a lot of people. And I'm telling you, there's a fire. You're not going to get away with this stuff anymore. The day is, is, is close at hand when the whore church is going to have to remove itself off to the side and the true believers are going to have to remove themselves from that whore
1: That's right. and
0: stand up and be counted because all over the world we see people standing up for Christ as costing everything and you tell me that they're Southern Baptists and the only thing that they have over there to do is molest their congregation dear God in heaven give me strength You know, I mean, and it's not just Southern Baptist folks. This kind of filth is in the churches in America. So it's time to wake up. And not all the churches are like that. But we have a good deal of Laodicean churches and Sardis churches in this country today. God help us. And so with that Amen. remember God is on the throne through Christ and uh you know thank God we serve a savior who is the judge Amen
1: He That's will right. he
0: will take care of his churches you believe you believe that read the first 3 chapters of Revelation he has warnings And he has the letters to the seven churches. And that's in there for a reason. Because the final authority is the Lord. And he'll remove their candlestick, folks. Amen. He will pull them out. And they will die. So with that, uh, we're coming down to the end. Uh, Tower?
1: Well, be sure to join us tomorrow night for Battle Lines where we'll continue our study of Apocalypse, John's Revelation of Jesus Christ, Part 14, False Prophet. And We want to thank you for joining us. We love you. We pray for you. We appreciate you. And thank you for all you do for the King. Good night.
0: Good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night. We thank you for joining us today on WARN Radio. The Watchman Alert Radio Network. This is The Watchman. And for all of us here, shalom everyone. See you again on the radio. Oh, shit. We thank you for joining us today.